Holy cow. I just realized he tricked us into talking about uniforms. That's all right. I'm down. <laughs> Damn. You Riley bastard. This realization that we just had where he talked to us and talked about uniforms feels a little bit like the end of seven of Morgan Freeman, <laughs> like talking into the walkie-talkie. John Doe has the advantage now. John Doe has the advantage. Please, bro, get away, get away. That it's is like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> totally got us. <laughs> yeah, there we go. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 187 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Indeed, I did kind of sort of trick my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, into talking about college football uniform combinations, which is something I love talking about and something they don't love talking about. But uh, you're going to want to hang around to the end of the show and see how all that plays out. It's pretty fun. But our main focus today is actually college football, specifically the Dogs versus the Commodores. The 2019 college football season officially began last week with a few week zero games. And now the temperature really kicks up a ton this week as the rest of the country finally begins to play. And the most important game that we're going to be focusing on in this episode, of course, takes place in Nashville, Tennessee. You'll hear the three of us dive into what we think will happen as Kirby and his Bulldogs start their campaign up in Nash Vegas. And Will shares a fun offensive, not offensive, but offensive alternative scenario for how he thinks that the Dogs could approach this game with Vanderbilt. We also make our college football picks for the biggest games this weekend. We do a little bit of buy or sell towards the end of the show. And we are very proud to introduce to you our new advertising partners for the season, which we are very excited to talk about. And we do so within about the first 10 minutes of this show. It's finally here. Georgia football is back, and we couldn't be more excited. We know y'all are too. So here's Will to get us started. Before we start this week, I have a public service announcement. So uh, I know of a few friends of mine, uh, colleagues, media colleagues, uh, media associates, friends, colleagues, so on, who are coming to the Notre Dame game. And this is an... an now is a lot if, – if you didn't set to do the Notre Dame game like a year ago, like you should have, like we will start doing for Alabama next year, you are scrambling. So what I have told them, however, for those that are scrambling, if you are still scrambling but want to get into the Notre Dame and find a place to go, I have looked. There are Airbnbs to stay if you're willing to go to like – out a little bit. Yeah. I don't mean Watkinsville out. I mean yeah. like like Green, what, Greensboro. Greensboro. Like yeah. what we did in Notre Dame. Yeah. Which I what well, Tony did. To, to be fair, we only stayed eight miles from town, but still. Yeah. I mean, you could like, say that's I mean, Winterville. Yeah, it was easy. Right. That's what I mean. Winterville is actually a little pricey. I looked at Airbnbs, yeah. but like if you're willing to go, an Uber will take you. Mm-hmm. Out wherever you need to go. I've heard of people being like, "Well, I, I'm just going to." People that don't know Georgia at all have been like, "Well, obviously we're going to stay in Atlanta," mm-hmm. and like, no, 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 do not do that. So if you are coming in, and, unless you have a plane or a driver, oh, a lot country. of Georgia people stayed in Chicago. Yeah, I know, but that feels a little like. It's no different. You could stay business. in Atlanta if you left. I think at like that was eight in the morning and drove yeah. up here. Of course, eight o'clock game is oh, that's yeah. Hard. And I think the re- I think another reason they did that because they were also doing the full Chicago experience. Yeah. Sure. I don't think people like the Cubs. The Cubs had a series that weekend. Vince Dooley threw out the first pitch. I don't think people are coming to this for the Atlanta experience. We need Agreed. to see who the Falcons are playing the next day. I do not think they're at home. Um, Don't know. Check that. I think they're playing the Titans in Nashville or something. But uh, more, to, um, more to the point, uh, there are still, I mean, still expensive, but not insanely expensive uh, Airbnbs within like 20 to 25 miles. And Uber will take you there. Mm-hmm. They are going to be making a lot of money that weekend. But the number of people I've heard them be like, I think I'll just like drive back to Atlanta afterwards. Don't. Don't. You'll get home do at 3 a.m. Yeah. I mean, like at, at, at best. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, if you don't know where to park and like the roads to take to get you out of Athens, yeah. we're not we're not walking out of that game till twelve fifteen. Yeah, and that means we are not. Oh, I didn't tell you about my prediction of it going to overtime. Well, that's fine. I don't think it matters. I don't. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean, also there's a. I mean, this is a double header, right? It's a double header. That, that's the eight o'clock game. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's not completely out of the question that the other game could push a little bit if that one goes into overtime or something. The CBS I mean, does a better job of uh, bracketing those than ESPN, where they'll schedule a three-hour window. That's right. What time? What time? What time did the Alabama Mississippi game end back in the day? Um, it was past five in the morning. Yeah, I feel like it was like twelve thirty or like it was past midnight. No question. Yeah, and so the point is, is if you are coming in and you haven't made travel arrangements yet, do not despair because there are spots. I I think exactly what we did in Notre Dame is exactly what you should do. You can go out a little farther. You can Uber. You don't. You can still make this trip without a car entirely and still make it completely reasonable. But do not. I repeat, do not. Stay in Atlanta and, drive, and try to drive back after the game. I think not only will it be miserable getting home, I think it'll ruin part of the day, right? Like yeah, the idea that dreading it. all you're going to be thinking is about is how, how, how miserable it's going to be to get out of here. So There's yeah. going to be 100,000 extra people on campus that don't even plan on going to the game. Yeah, and it is sooner than we realize because the season hasn't started yet and yeah. there's three games in between. It feels like it's still off in the distance somewhere. Three and a half weeks. It's like really soon. So uh, it, is, it is worth keeping that in mind. Yeah. So. Three weeks from Saturday. That's right. All right. And uh, not, not to be, I know a coach would never like us looking past this week's game to, uh, towards something three and a half weeks from Oh, now. I'm not looking past it. It's going to be a big deal. Because uh, it is. Uh, oh, we have our analysts looking at it. <laughs> yeah, right. But what is, what is the uh, term? It is, it is, in fact, game week. <laughs> it is game week. Guys, we've wandered through the wilderness, and now we've made it. We have made it. And we have some other exciting news uh, starting this season, the 2019 college football season. We have a partnership for the first time ever, and we are proud to announce. I, I don't know if y'all caught on to the subliminal messaging last week, <laughs> but that Will and Tony... <laughs> I know, it wasn't subliminal, just to be clear. <laughs> we may have hinted at thing, but we were not like sending coded messages to Right. You. But uh, there's a couple of restaurants in Athens. Uh, you might be familiar with them. You got The Pine, which is right there in Five Points. You have the new El Barrio, mm-hmm. and it's an ownership group called SP2 Hospitality. A couple of buddies of mine, Scott and Sachin, they run that, and they've been very gracious to partner with us. And uh, yeah, it's the Pine, it's El Barrio, it's the Pub on Main in yeah. Watkinsville, the 11th Pin, the, the Bowling Alley, like the and root. the Root. Yes, right. the Root. And, and then and Five Points Bottle Shop. Well, yeah, I was going to say, and then the kicker on top, Five Points Bottles. Yes. So what you're going to hear is you're going to hear us do a little bit of insight on maybe each restaurant, talk about some of the um, specials they have going on, and just our overall experiences with those restaurants. Because one reason that we waited so long to partner with anybody was because we wanted to be a good fit. And we feel that food and hospitality, along with uh, Five Points Bottle Shops, really kind of fits uh, our mold and the the type of listeners would find value in us partnering with someone like that. Which is to say that all of them sell alcohol. And, and uh, all of them have food. And all of them have food. <laughs> Actually, good food. I, I, I mean, it was totally, uh, what, three weeks ago, even before Scott was talking about this, before I knew about it, we had gone to the pub on Main. I think it was a Wednesday night. We had the, the, we had the whiskey and wings special. It's 10 bucks for a whiskey and hot wings, which is spectacular. And it's like hunting over bait for me. <laughs> so... 
And I know Will living in Five Points. You've probably made yourself you're, you're made your way up to the pine. I've seen you there before. Yeah, the, we mean, had your 40th birthday party there. We 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 ended up there. Yes, okay, that's we ended right. up there. Uh, we ended up at the pine. Uh, yeah, I uh, and El Barrio's new man. El Barrio's great. These are all within walking distance. We go over there uh, all the time. And uh, I'm more of a pine than a root person, but everybody kind of finds their own spot. Good stuff all around. And I think we're gonna do like some shows from there. We this are. Year, we're right? gonna do a, probably about four live shows, maybe on the deck of El Barrio. Uh, maybe even on the patio of uh, the Pine. Uh, maybe in on the on a lane at the Eleventh Pin at Showtime Bowl. I don't know, but um, can we do it on the lane? Can we like? <laughs> can know. we have like my like Tony Dodge? <laughs> I would be okay with that. I'm kind of a two lane guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so uh, we uh, I, I a partnership. I guess that's one. Like, I mean, they're like you know, I mean, they're like they're, they're sponsoring the podcast. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're very happy to have them, and um, we'll just be filling y'all in on some right. other things as we go throughout the season. So, uh, so that's been our show. Yeah, uh, let's make it. our picks. That's it. <laughs> I got a few words to say about Keyshawn Vaughn. Will, yes, you know about Keyshawn Vaughn. I do. Former Illini Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, say what you will about the Illini for the last few years. They've always had a good running game, and they've always been able to find running backs. They have two really good ones this year in Reggie Corbin and Mike Epstein. Those are your Illini 20 seconds. Uh, but Keyshawn Vaughn, the minute that you saw him at Illinois, you knew he was special. He kind of fell down the chart a little bit, had some disagreements with the new coaching staff. So he left, and... It was curious. We were surprised he would go to Vanderbilt because, I mean, obviously you want to play SEC football, but it just felt like he was just going to get squashed there. <laughs> like he could run against, uh, he could run in the Big Ten and he could run against, uh, you know, uh, Northwestern and Rutgers. But uh, we've seen just how good he's been. He is as exciting as a runner as you see. He's got a little bit of that, uh, that megat quality to him uh and you can see him uh, obviously the size wise he's not a pro but uh he's got that elusiveness i think in space could be really good in the pros and i don't think that his ideal offensive system is vanderbilt's which is to say they just give him the ball over and over and over he's not a 45 but he is by far their most talented player so they're kind of foolish not to give it to him over and over and over and last year versus uh the commodores you know georgia blew him out kirby in his press conference they made it sound like it was a fourth quarter victory by the dogs but uh um, Keyshawn Vaughn had nine uh, carries for 79 yards, kind of pedestrian, but uh, that's still like eight off, yards a carry. <laughs> broke off, broke off a long 43 yard run. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. He's a home run hitter. Yeah, and and I think that this this definitely feels like there's going to be one play. Hopefully not early, so we don't all freak out a little bit. But there's going to be one play where he busts loose, and we're going to be talking about it all week. Of that's what that's what that's what Kirby's going to be saying all week. Of you know we played well, but like can't let those big plays happen. Uh, those are the kind of lapses you see in the first game of the year. It's worth knowing that if Vaughn does bust one big, it doesn't necessarily mean that Georgia's defense has some sort of like inherent flaw in it. He's a really really great runner, and he hits home runs. You're going to be able to stop him a lot, and then he'll bust loose on one and go big. I would expect that to probably happen at least once on Saturday. Well, if you follow Twitter, of course, that's what you're going to think. But, um, you know, like Vaughn was, I think, sixth in the nation um, for average yards per carry last year for all running backs that had more than 100 carries. He, when he gets the ball, is always a threat to go somewhere. The bad news for Vandy is it's pretty much him and Lipscomb. Um, their, their tight end, Pinkney's pretty good. Kyle Shermer's not there anymore. He's in the league. I mean, I went back and looked. His dad's in the league too. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> nice. Isn't he a coach? Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's he's a co- he's at Fritz. No. I think Derek Mason's not his dad. No, um, Coach so, Sherman. Anyway, yeah, there was Fritz Sherman. Doesn't matter. Maybe it's Fritz Sherman. John. Either way, they are. Um, they had three guys drafted last year, including a first rounder out of the defensive backfield. That team last year had more 
I mean, they beat the fool out of Tennessee, which I'm here for. Um, but their, you know, their offense, Will's not wrong, is going to be one-dimensional. There are going to be a lot of plays designed to get Keyshawn Vaughn in space. And don't be surprised. We don't really know who's going to start a quarterback because Derek Mason's playing the – we'll let you know when we let you know. Uh, probably Saturday right before the game. They do have a four-year uh, player from Ball State that has transferred in. Mm-hmm. I and, watched him play against Illinois last year, and he yeah. almost beat them. I mean, he's, he's got a, he's, he's something. He's got ridiculous forty-six hundred yards. Yeah, he's I mean, a dual-threat guy. Yeah, yeah, can run. That feels like to me that's who you start if your offense basically is predicated on running the football. But just because you have Lipscomb, who's a very good wide receiver, and Pinkney, who's a very good tight end. Um, other piece of good news for Georgia, bad news for Vanderbilt is their offensive line is. Um, is it better than Miami's? It, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, it's pretty much, yeah. The, the Magnet line's better than Miami's. Um, <laughs> they're fine up front. They have a perfectly serviceable SEC front line. The problem is, there's only five of them. They're not deep at all. They probably will play a f- couple of freshmen and a couple of JUCO transfers behind those those guys that are starting. The more I think about it, the more I think Will's right, and we'll get to predictions a little bit, but this does feel like a game where at some point late in the second quarter, early the third quarter, we're like, oh, boy, I'm glad I brought extra bourbon. They do have two quarterbacks. They genuinely don't know who's going to play. I listened to a Vanderbilt podcast the other day. I think it was called Slamming the Door podcast, which clever. pretty clever. It's opening the door or something, but door was spelled D-O-R-E. I hope so. Uh, but I digress. But it Riley's opportunity, otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I Ry- feel like someone should let them know that that's also part of their team name. <laughs> Riley Neal is the grad transfer from, from Ball State, and Deuce Wallace is the long-term backup to Shermer. And the way they explained it, and it made sense to me, that Deuce Wallace, who's been there all along, is better with the offense. He knows where he's supposed to go. However, Riley Neal has the bigger arm. The coaches know that Riley Neal can actually complete that pass, but only if he recognizes it. So the conundrum is... They trust that Deuce Wallace knows where he's supposed to go. They just don't believe he can make that throw. Yeah. And they have a new offensive coordinator, too, this year. He's within the system. Yeah. He was a tight ends coach. But they do have a new offensive coordinator this year. I do have a question about— uh, Of course, so does Georgia. I, yeah, I well, so does Georgia. I have a question about Riley Neal. Is he short? I have no idea. Okay. Did he get busted for running from the police this year? I don't think so. Baker Mayfield? He's not Baker Mayfield. No. He's not Baker Mayfield, no. guys. No. Okay. <laughs> he's uh, Riley Neal is six five. He's six he's five. So he's the opposite of Baker Mayfield. He and because sure. he is tall and did not get busted running from the police. He's the opposite of Baker Mayfield. And doesn't okay. have a fantastic he mustache. Is, he is uh eight inches taller than Keyshawn Vaughn. That's gonna be kind of a fun thing. <laughs> Which means he's like a foot and a half taller than, than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. He, Doug Flutie's so, like, damn dude, you're short. Yeah. Oh, and then uh on the Slamming the Doors podcast or whatever, I'm sorry if I'm butchering it, but uh they were talking about kicker and they said it's very questionable. Questionable Very on kicker, but aren't kickers everywhere questionable? That's is that does that mean he's Argentine or they don't know who the quarter kicker is going to be? I don't. Giorgio is, Trevecchio is Italian, I think. Okay, the Falcons kicker that they just and you know, hey, pour some out for Blair Walsh. Yeah, he got, he's, uh, he got a look right. He's getting a look because yeah. Trevecchio can't make a kick in preseason. Let's let's uh, not look past the fact that um, the idea that a road SEC game at night to start the season. 
still feels like, a, okay, what are we going to learn about Georgia when they win this game by 25 points? Which is generally, I think, the vibe that people kind of have, right? Yeah, the spread's 21. Yeah, like I'm not, and that feels, this is a team that also Georgia just lost two or three years ago. Obviously, it, things are very different. Obviously, the talent is a, is a lot different. But, you know, that was not 25 years ago. That was with the, the, everyone, all the same people that were coaching the team then. Both teams then are coaching the team now. So, you know, I think that there is something to that speaks to what George has been able to do that no one is sweating this game at all. And I don't think they should, for the record. I think Georgia is favored and I think should be pretty favored heavily. But it definitely feels like um, it's weird that this game is almost being seen as a, okay, how much? The big questions about this game are not, can Georgia stop Keyshawn Vaughn? Or can the receivers make some plays? The questions are more, how much are they going to sh- even show of the new offense? Uh, are, is the secondary going to be able to be challenged? Like Basically, the, all the questions about this game are all what strategy is Georgia going to deploy for what's coming in three weeks rather than worrying about this game. That is progress. That is Vanderbilt. That would, if, I, that were, if I were Derek Mason, that would make me a little nervous. <laughs> the idea that uh, uh, Georgia is that far ahead already. But I mean, this is... You, 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 have you been to a Vanderbilt game? Oh, yeah. Several. So, so I've never been to a Vanderbilt game. It's the first time I'm going to. I, is, I'm assuming, is it half Georgia fans, quarter Georgia fans? What is it like? Um, so every time I've been, it's been at least a quarter. Um, the last time I went, it was easily half. Yeah. Um, based on the ticket prices and ticket sales, I would be very surprised if it's not half. Yeah. And because it's funny because in any other scenario, this would be like the most exciting thing in the world for Vanderbilt, right? You've got the number three team in the country uh, with a new offense coordinator and a new defensive coordinator. And some questions, uh, some questions. It's the first game of the year coming off a frustrating end of the season. Certainly Vanderbilt has its questions. But if you're Vanderbilt and you're thinking in what way paint to me the only scenario we have a chance to run with Georgia is probably this, right? It's the first game of the year. It's a night game. If everything's kind of built, like, when, what are the scenarios? Van, I don't think Vanderbilt has a, has a very good chance this game. But if you're Vanderbilt and you're thinking, what is the best scenario? It's this. It's the night game. It's the first game of the year. It's still ha- Georgia not with the new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. I don't think Vanderbilt's going to win this game, but I think that it, there are... Warning signs is too strong, but I think the idea that Georgia is going to go in and just win this game like they're playing Murray State, which seems to be kind of the vibe from a lot of people I've gotten, I don't know if I entirely buy that. Oh, I can't disagree with that. I, yeah. I've said it a couple weeks ago, and I'll say it in, in our wrap-up, or when we start talking about the actual results of the game, um, it does have all the makings of a you know 17-point blowout, right? A game that's never never really in question, but also a game we look back on and like, ooh, we did we look kind of, kind of funny there. Yeah. The things didn't I wouldn't exactly say like the Missouri game last year. I was just year. about to say the Missouri game last uh, year. Well, but you know, I think I think Missouri the talent level between Missouri and Georgia is much closer. Um probably we will see some of the Kirby keeping it close to the vest early, especially, um, which could lead to some three and outs or, you know, six and outs or three, you know, field goal attempts um, where, you know, maybe even later in the season we can count on those being touchdowns. Um, I, frankly, I, I agree with you in premise in that this is the game that if you were to set up a scenario where 
Vanderbilt could get Georgia. <laughs> it would be this scenario, right? A and I don't think game. they will. Or no, 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 I agree. Close. But if you were to if you were to construct the best possible universe sure. for that to happen, it would probably night be game at home. Right. Um, opening weekend, um, new coordinators, new coordinators, new quarterback, new you know it, the whole thing. Part of the problem lies in talent, and and then and the depth of talent, and part of the problem lies with with the coaching, um, in in player development. When you see, for example, you see somebody like Jordan Davis, um, Jordan Davis, right? Yeah, see somebody like Jordan Davis out there who can. Pretty close come to running down Kishon Vaughn. Um, at, you know, six inches taller and, right, and, and right. 60 more pounds. And he's not the fastest guy on the defense. Right, that's the other thing. Um, that, I mean, you do at some point, you do kind of earn that this is not a game to worry about. Now, having said that, you know, I've been to plenty of these where you would think that and things went the other way. We'll talk about the defense. Maybe this is a good segue in the defense. I think the one thing that is going to interest me early is to see if the chatter about, oh, you'll see a whole new offense, whether that's just some sort of happy talk or if or what it is, right? Because you know, their, their defense is, is good up front. Uh, they have all the returning starters on the front. They are really thin. Um, Really thin, especially the further back you go. The inside linebackers are fairly, uh, fairly good, and then but their outside linebackers are JUCO transfers. They're not real sure who's going to play yet on one outside, and then their cornerbacks are transfers. And you know, it's it's in my mind, it's and I'm going to say this derisively. It's a good thing George's offensive line is really good uh, mm-hmm. because their defensive line is their best unit. Um, now they're their best players easily. Vaughn, um, but if you were to say, where's the best we have, it's going to be their defensive line. They return all four of them. All four were started last year. They have a ton of tackles returning there. Doesn't that lend some credence to, the, to, to my wacky plan, which is the idea that Coach just goes out and says, we're throwing. They, they get their Kingsbury on. Right? right, and that, that brings up a, a, a decent just to just point, to, and then don't do it again for two weeks. Then you don't have run to into, right. just run just to the Murray State and run down to the Arkansas State and just put it in Notre Dame's mind that like, oh, hey, wow, they spread five out on the on the first series and went full air raid. On. Yeah, yeah. And it'd, be a, you, it'd be a fun thing to just kind of mess with people. And dude, if you do that, and if they do it, you're going to be in the stands saying, "I told you." It would we be so fun, right? <laughs> the Georgia, and if we do that. Half the Georgia fan base will lose their collective mind. It would be so fun because and half of us would. Oh, I would be so excited. I mean, isn't that the, to me? This is why this is what the new offensive coordinator is kind of potentially exciting because we've talked about a lot about how he he may want to be Kingsbury. He's still Kirby Smart, still his boss. Like yeah. he's never going to be able to truly be able to yeah. run that way. But if there were ever a time to show it. And to to you know get your get you an offense that can do both, as they say, like to be able to like run out and just this would be the game to do it because the secondary is their weakness. They're, they're big up front. Everybody expect, is expecting you to do the Alabama pick them up and let them yeah. take their legs. You go out and you hit them hard immediately. Man, ball the crap out of them. And just like people, and it's a team you can do that to. And then you don't have to do it for two weeks. Right. You don't have to do anything. You can just run it down the throat the rest of the time and then just keep that. It, it makes a certain amount of sense. Well, Tyler Simmons was interviewed this week uh, during one of the interview sessions. And you, I watched the interview on YouTube and somebody, I don't know if it was Seth or Chip, Asked him about that, and he kind of got that halfway smile talking about, yeah, Coley's going to – I forget the terminology used, but basically he's going to air it out a little bit more. And then he kind of caught himself, and 
backtrack. You know, he's very good in front of the mic. Didn't really say much, but said a little bit more than you get from Jake Fromm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I subscribe to your theory yeah. on, on doing that. I mean, it's an interesting thought exercise. I think when you sit back and think about what Coley at least wanted to do at Miami versus what Cheney did, I think we'll see more power runs, which, of course, sets up more play action passing uh, and you know opportunity to get the ball in space. I mean, we have we have kind of gone with the fact that at least on some level, we might think DeAndre Swift or one of the backs, the backs as a whole, might have more catches than any one receiver. In order to do that, you have to be you have to be able to to, to at least sell the run a little bit. Um, yeah, but I don't think like even if Jake Fromm goes out and throws sixty passes and they go full Mike Leach, no one is truly going to believe that Georgia's not going to run the ball. No, no, no. I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there that lead, that does lend credence to the possibility that we do see the ball. It wouldn't surprise me at least the first play is is a downfield strike, right? That you just listen. Let's, let's yeah. see what they got. Yeah. So is right. it, hey, transfer. Are you, ready, you ready for this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it Flea Flicker circa 2017, or is no, it David Green hide the ball, turn his back to the defense a la Mark Rick? I think it's the, spread five. I think yeah, it's spread I, five. You know, I did, I'm, spread five shotgun, first play. Yeah, you come out in a shotgun. And then you send Swift down. Like, I think there's just or, go, or, go or yeah, you put – yeah, that's actually a yeah. good point. You, you, have, you, have your three, you have your three receivers. You put your tight end, and basically – you you check out the power eye or the the spread eye and then put you know put um, I don't know you're running back over in another slot or something. Well, and what what he does is he's back there and you you have Swift dotting the eye and then he does that hand gesture like where he's doing yeah. a wipe. Oh yeah, and then oh, yeah. he sends him out and everybody yeah. is like, oh, yeah. you know that yeah. sucks the air out. <gasps> oh my gosh, I hope they want to run a wheel route. I don't know. I just I just and to me like the wheel route like but see that's still playing off the idea that like we're a running team and we're Oh, I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm you, saying like you want to do four verts. Do four verts. Spread Let's get five, it over with. Go nuts. I mean, listen, it, I don't think From will mind. <laughs> I, this is a guy that's going to be more than happy to be able to do that. Yeah. It feels like it like the general questions that people have about Georgia, what about the wide receivers? Is From a game manager or is he a big thrower? All of those the, the the questions fairly or unfairly that people have about Georgia football, this kind of feels like the game where you can mess with people a little bit. That and whatever, maybe I'm getting too cute about this. I like you being, cute, yeah. Maybe man. maybe I'm getting too cute about we this. We need more that. cute. Will. You are cute. Yeah, I know, uh, <laughs> cute like a fox. But like maybe maybe it's more like maybe they're just gonna run it down the throat and win thirty one fourteen or something and it's fine. I mean, if you but, were if you were to lay out the options, there is a possibility that that they do. You know, they they run the ball forty five times right. and they um, and they they beat them up and we all move on with yeah our lives. yeah. It's a thirty so you know, is 34, it 14. tiny DeAndre Swifts or right. <laughs> full grown DeAndre Swifts. full grown. Um, you know, one other thing you're going to see some combination of Lipscomb Vaughn and Vaughn get. 45 to 50 touches. I mean, the two of them will be involved in a solid 75% of all their plays. And that's cool. It's the first game of the season. They're young, they're young guys. Um, yeah, it's, it's does, you know, when you come down and get reasonable about it and think about who Kirby smart probably is, it's, it does lean more towards running the ball down yeah, the throat. But it would be fun. It would be fun. And this is generally the Vanderbilt problem, right? And the, yeah. Like, the, the way you beat Vanderbilt is just being like, we have 45 stars and you have three. Yeah. And so yeah. we're just going to beat you that way. And, yeah. and I understand it. It's, it's, I'm sure it's weird. It would be hard for any coach to feel comfortable 
acting like Mike leeching it right like that's really what what I think would be the fun idea yeah uh, is uh, I, I know I can beat you this way but it's more strategically interesting to beat you this way it doesn't I don't know if that's in the DNA of the, of the, of the staff, but we'll see. Maybe Coley, uh, maybe this is the Coley lets his street fight fly. You know, one thing we could look at is last year's game. Georgia had a total of 560 total yards. With from, like 300 yards running, right? From through, he was 17 of 23 for 276 yards and uh-huh. three touchdowns. Uh-huh. Uh, 340 total passing yards with fields in there. However, we lost the time of possession of Vanderbilt, 31 to 29. 31 okay. minutes to 29 minutes. And Georgia had, I think it's third most penalties ever. 13 penalties, 115 yards. That, I forgot. That was bad last year. I forgot about that game. Like, yeah. That was an that was actually kind of a miserable four, game. An ugly 41-14 yeah. yeah. win. Yeah. The Holy Field had a, had a couple I of uh, touchdowns. I, mean, I, felt like, I felt like some of us should have had to run, too. Yeah, that was That's actually. Was. That, yeah. I forgot I about that, how yeah. kind of was, miserable that yeah. game was, was last year. Uh, but this is the thing, you know, is that, like, I feel like Vanderbilt has a good coaching staff. I yeah. feel like they, they have a smart, they got smart people in place. But they're just the SEC East, the SEC, and now the SEC East. You just can't be just a good coaching staff with three star dudes anymore. And this is what happens. There's, it's, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't have not said this ten years ago, and it looks silly. But I'll put it this way: uh, if Georgia, this feels like a run where Georgia runs off like ten or fifteen in a row over Vanderbilt. Like, and we look oh, back, at, yeah, yeah. At that that you look back at that loss and that crazy play call. And it feels not unlike the Mississippi game that we talked about. Yeah. A shift right before everything really, before yeah. everything kicked into gear. To me, the three games example of that will always be uh, Mississippi, Vanderbilt, and Nichols. Those yeah. are the three things that seem yeah. to exist in a universe before this. And they lost games, and they you know, lost the Florida that year. But, like, that felt like you understood it. Like, those, those were... Van, it's hard to imagine Vanderbilt ever happening again. I can't imagine them ever losing like that to Mississippi ever again, or at least in the next... In, in, under the current administration. And then, obviously, Nichols uh, feels like an entirely different thing. Yeah. That's what... You, it's hard to imagine happening again. You may ha- lose a game that you should win at some point. I'm not saying they're not going to do that. Yeah. But, like, losing at home to Vanderbilt, getting wiped out at Mississippi, almost losing to Nichols, that's something that just feels like it's not going to happen again under, uh, under the way things are going. Will should have been here in... 2010, when we went started one and four, lost to Mississippi State and South Carolina. Huh. I mean, and then also think about the golf years and Don. So we we are. But that's my point, though. Is that we're, like, no, we're in a good spot. But no, that, that, to me, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that like, like, listen, I feel like Rick did good stuff. I've been a proponent of Rick for a long time. But you lost games like that sometimes yeah. under Rick. We lost you, to Central Florida in the Liberty Bowl, seven to six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, yeah. sorry. The idea that you're gonna, the idea that that's gonna happen again. That's why you brought in Kirby Smart. That's yeah. why you brought. In, that's why you committed the program like this. And, and to be fair, Rick had a really good time on ACC Network the other night. He is enjoying retirement. He is definitely enjoying retirement. <laughs> um, you got Michael Irvin on this level, and then Rick's like right below him. <laughs> In the excitement. You brought up Coach Golf. Did you see what I texted you about Coach Golf? I, I want you to tell the story. I, that was crazy. So, I mean, Was it on the record? I, I, it's Coach Golf is always on the record. Um, <laughs> I was this in is social media. Age. I was in Watkinsville. I was in Watkinsville uh, at waiting in line to grab, pick up some food the other night, and Coach Golf is behind me. And now is he around here a lot? He, yeah, he lives here. Yeah, he, he, lives, lives, he lives, where, lives in Watkinsville, I guess. He I lives know, yeah, and he's, yeah, he owns several Zaxby franchises. He's he's involved in the community. What did he do after he left Georgia? 
Uh, Saxby franchises. <laughs> I guess so. I didn't know if he coached again. He had a heart attack. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's um, coached again, so I figured. Yeah, you know. no, I think it was it was kind of it. I mean, Mark Fox is coaching for heaven's sakes. Mark Fox has a good job. He's a cow. He's got a good job. I can't even. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, so I, I recognize him, and you know, you don't want to be that guy. It's like, hey, coach. But so you were. I said, turn around. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm asking your name. You look very familiar. I said, he said, well, my name's Ray Goff, but most people just know me as dumbass. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Wow. I was really, really, uh, it was just really amazing. Of course, I leaned in. I was like, well, coach, I hadn't called you that in a long time. <laughs> and, uh, but he and I had a, we had a lovely conversation. He was just as pleasant. He asked my daughter some questions kind of about, you know. How old is he now? Um, Pretty? Gosh, he's got to be close to 70, right? Yeah. Well, no, he's probably not quite that old. He played in 72, so he is mm, 60. Yeah. Maybe a little older. No, about mid-60s, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was he was, a, he was a coach. He was relatively young, probably early It is 40s. impressive that he's still here. Ron Zuck is not living in Champaign. No. <laughs> or Gainesville. And Jim right. Don is still here, too. Yeah, Coach Don is still here. I mean, for the record, it's a very cool place to live. Well, yeah, look, he is from Moultrie. He, right. I mean, he came to Athens and stayed in Athens. You can make the argument that also over time— uh, some of those, I mean, obviously he is very sanguine about it. And uh, the, a lot of those, uh, those, it, if they're not healed, he, they certainly scabbed over in a way where he is, he lives with them and is fine with at least understanding. And I, I just want to give the guy props because I thought it was a spectacular line. It's a really cool way just to kind of own, yeah. own your history and mute anybody feeling some sort of I think you kind of have to do that if you still live here. You have to. Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> like, so. nobody does that uh, if you're, like, in Idaho. No one's stopping you to say, if you were in Idaho, and say, I'm sorry, I think I recognize you. It's like, yeah, my name is Ray Goff, and most people know me as dumb it's like, Oh, I thought like, you were Clive and Bundy. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, like, no. yeah, I'm sorry. Are you okay? Can I help you? <laughs> and here it's like, oh, yeah. yeah You've yeah. never been to Idaho. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I, don't think you, I don't think you just run into people in Idaho. Or <laughs> certainly people empathetically. <laughs> yeah. Um, Although there were some, there, we do have some fine dog fans out there that are from Georgia. But uh, but yeah, so I think that's kind of the I love that story. Um, but I think that's the thing with this game is it feels it feels like uh, everybody kind of getting motion a little bit. And all told, I think the rumors were that this game was originally going to be on Thursday, and Kirby said he didn't want to do it. Yeah, which is weird to me, but I, I get it. It feels like the only this. I mean. This would have been fine as a Thursday game. I think I, I don't know if I would have gone, <laughs> but uh, the idea of having this as a Thursday game, I think I would have gone yeah. just for the novelty. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, you know, I have a confession to make. This is the first time I will ever spend a night in Nashville. I really have not spent. Well, I've got some hardly got any some, time in Nashville. I got your whole night planned for you. Oh, okay, great. later. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. You have to wear your hat backwards. Okay. <laughs> just here's my big question: Where do they have every Big Ten Network affiliate? That's really the question that I'm looking for. Because um, <laughs> Illinois, Illinois, Illinois isn't even the first Big Ten Network game. It's an so. alternative three plus. <laughs> it's Howard um, against Maryland. So is the first Big Ten Network. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. So I do want to take just a minute to talk about the Week Zero games as they were very interesting. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, Khalil Tate was stopped literally at the one yard line from tying up the game. Can you talk about that D tackle that, that made was that awesome. extra effort? That yeah, was awesome. that was it was You know his first name is Manly. Manly uh like M A N L Y. Manly. He's in Hawaii. I think they're all actually named first name Manly. <laughs> um but they of course Arizona lost to pour some out for Kevin Sumlin's career at Arizona. Whew, that t- his job at Texas A&M feels like a long... taking a hit right on week zero. Yeah. He 
I looked at the schedule. He kind of needed to win that game to be have a legit shot at getting. He's got and he's for got the some people. That first game in Hawaii is yeah trouble. Man. Yeah, like that's yeah. not that's that's a not a desire. you don't go to the island and come out. Come I don't out think any coach would want to start their season. Yeah, uh, in yeah they ate a bunch of plate lunches. But that game was fun to watch. Yeah, unlike the <laughs> other the other Week game. Zero game. Yeah. That Florida Miami game, um, dear listener. Do not go back and rewatch it. Yeah. There were four different kinds of uh, four different kinds of things that happened in that game. All of them bad. Strangely highlighted by Florida's quarterback coming off and talking a lot of smack on, to the camera, and then immediately Before throwing God, horrible. <laughs> turn around and immediately throwing the worst pass I've ever seen an SEC quarterback throw. At the worst possible time. At the worst possible time. And then you you turn Steve Spurrier a meme already or and, a gif. And remember, I was here during the James Jackson days. So, I've seen some stuff. Yeah. It was bad. It was Reggie Ball esque. It was extremely Reggie Ball esque. You don't want to read too much into a week one game. It's clear that Florida's defensive linemen are very good. It's also clear Miami's offensive line is not very good. That quarterback they have, it's clear Miami's building for the future. They've decided, obviously, not starting Tate Martell says a few things about Tate Martell, but also says Manny Diaz is looking at the future. Let's get it. Let's get this quarterback in. Let's get his lumps. He showed incredible poise considering he was running for his life as much. That as seems he was. like a dude I'm going to enjoy. Yeah, he's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. He he is going to be fun to watch. Which is an amazing thing to say about someone who constantly looked like he was about to die. Yeah. Like they were over him the entire particularly down the end. Down the end it was just like all you, they, you knew they weren't going to score. Yeah, and it's a shame too because you knew he was game. But there was just nothing. And for the record, uh, Jeff Thomas, a uh, guy that was going to transfer to Illinois and changed his mind at the last minute, he's the one that fumbled yep. that punt. And if he doesn't fumble that punt and give Florida the ball right back. This might be a different game. This might be a different game. So I, I, the general consensus I kind of uh, have noticed from the result of that game is, yes, Florida won on what is ostensibly a neutral field. But uh, you feel a lot better about Miami over the next three or four years than you do about Florida this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I, I remember watching the first half of that game and thinking, we're going to run all over them. I mean, even if we don't ever throw the ball, we're going to run all over them. Because the, especially in the first half, that little uh, – it wouldn't really counter Trey, but it was almost like a delay handoff on the left side was there the entire first Half it was crazy. Florida did not look like a top ten team to any stretch of the imagination. Nope. And uh, and listen, this is the thing. You know, I mean, obviously they had a nice in the last year. That year was a little bit better than people. But I thought it looks good. I think this is a sign that maybe some of that off season stuff maybe wasn't nothing. Oh yeah, it feels like there's culture things going on there. Yeah, and we'll see, we'll see. But uh, um, I will say that by feeling that Missouri is the biggest challenge that Florida has. I feel a little bit better about that. There is nothing about that game that makes me think differently about me picking Missouri second in the East. So we have fun office pools, and Scott has five pages of Nashville recommendations. That's right. So we're going to get the the extra part. Of it. We don't really have a name. Maybe if a sponsor is listening, wants to sponsor the silly part of this episode, you know how to tweet us. I'm supposed to go to the Osprey? Is that what that's called? <laughs> the Osprey. All right, no, so... It's, um, it's the Grand Old Osprey. Well, that must be a, quite an old... It's the Pink Osprey. It's different. Animal. Something different. Uh, you just need to go to Tootsie's. Just ask people, where's Tootsie's? That's where I want to go hang out all night. I mean, you know I'm going to be with like my family, Oh, right? yeah. They'll love it. It's a family okay. place. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're just going to go through a couple of stats and questions and interesting facts and everything. Y'all are going up to Vanderbilt. Can anybody tell me? Anybody? Anybody? anybody There's only two of us here. How many uh, Vanderbilt holds? Vanderbilt Stadium holds? 
Do you know? Do we need a range, or can we just? I'm gonna throw throw that number. Uh, Forty-four. I'm going to say it is. um, Hold on. 42,395. Tony wins. The stadium holds a capacity of 40,500 people. That's even less than I thought. I, 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 I know. You just gave us a number that was more than that. Yeah. And it's... Uh, well, some of our listeners aren't good at math, Will. <laughs> some are not like we Wayne. Both lost, just we both be, lost our prizes, right? Just be glad that you're not an active press member for this game because I've heard horror stories about their press box uh, at, at well, Vanderbilt Stadium. Well, for the record... A lot of them went to Medill, yeah. and that's not good enough for them. For the record, any... Pr- yeah, just as a, as a member of the press... Any press person that complains about the press accommodations, never listen to them. They're like they are in free to the games and are catered to and give. Like, I understand everybody's job is annoying at some point. If you're a press person, never complain about your accommodations, <laughs> even if they're terrible. You never get, complain about your accommodations. You get free chicken fingers. Yeah, like save it, save it until you're at the bar with your colleagues late at night, and then you can complain all you want. Do not tell us about. Well, it. Let's see if you'll complain about this. They are serving beer. They're serving craft beers in the north end zone and hard cider. Will you partake in any of those? I'll get a beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting a hard cider, but I'll get a beer. That's for the kids. And per <laughs> per SEC policy, there are no beer men. Coming down the aisles because they said that would just be a little bit obtuse. I think they're going to work into it. Maybe that'll be uh, happening five years from now. It feel, this is, is it, they just started it this year, right? They just started this year. So this feels like one of the things I'm going to try to get a beer. But if I get in there and it's see the, like, a line, it, I'm just not going to. You'll just pull out what you have yeah. in your pocket. And I mean, it's a night game, right? So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to be plenty fine. So. Yeah. And uh, they do cut off beer sales at the end of the third quarter, which I think that's pretty standard for like Falcon games or yeah. anything like that. So the analogy I always use for this is what it was like to try to get a beer at Bobby Dodd for Atlanta United games because they sold oh, beer for those, yeah. and it, you would miss you miss like you were there forever. It was like missing four innings of a baseball game. If it's like that, I won't even bother. Yeah. I have a sincere question. Yeah, we've made a lot of hay about beer sales. It's just the novelty, right? Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure I'm not missing something because, you know, I don't I don't go to a Braves game just to drink beer. No, but it, like when I am at a baseball game, I enjoy well, I would like have a beer, beer. and I don't drink beer normally, right. right? But if I go to a baseball game, I'm gonna have a beer. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah, I just I don't. The yeah. idea of waiting, like to me, if, if there's an open spot, I will go get a beer and bring it back to my seat. Sure. The if I, they bring it to my seat to me, I'll yeah. Buy one. But the idea that like. I'm gonna get a beer at this college football game. An eight dollar beer seems like very yeah. silly. Very silly. Well, no, I, I went to a concert last week, and I think beers were twelve dollars yeah. at Chastain yeah. Park. I mean, it's just it's just not worth it. And you're Some, standing. Somebody's line. gotta pay for Gavin Rossdale's hair extensions. Yeah. yeah, I went to see. <laughs> I went to see Bush in live. It was great. They put on a great show. It's real, as I said to him when he told me this before, <laughs> he has found the the actual two bands of my era and my strike zone of music that I despise more than actually anything. I'll, you know what? You, don't, you can't despise live. I mean, that's, was lightning crashing? I don't. Well, they did play live. I think crash. live is lame, but sincere. <laughs> I think Bush is. Don't get me started about. It's the boy band equivalent. Oh my god! My wife was very happy. Kurt Cobain famously said that, like, you know, someday. I know I'm not like a big thing now, but like eventually they're going to find a good-looking dude that doesn't say anything to do this kind of music, and they're going to make a billion dollars. And then Gavin Rossdale showed up. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. British. People. No, I have to say they are both better than Creed. I, I, yeah, I don't even think. Scott I think Scott will fight you now. Yeah, I think he's like homeless or something or fighting people. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Scott Sapp will fight you now. Yeah. That's the famous. Um, so the series with Georgia and Vanderbilt, Georgia has won 57 of them. Vanderbilt has won 20. 
and there are two ties throughout yeah. history. Um, this I've is, seen way too many of those losses. <laughs> I know. It seems like there's only 20? Yeah. This is the obviously the earliest ever meeting between the two, and it's the first ever August game that Georgia has played against Vanderbilt. Pat Forty wants you to know that he doesn't like August games, and even though it's week one, we shouldn't play them. He wrote an article about the so wait when the, does that push the net, the SEC championship game to if we don't play yeah <laughs> well, I don't know maybe, maybe he just wants to play eleven games Pat I'd like if I generally like Pat Forty it was a terrible terrible take he a was, Louisville fan he's a Cardinals was, fan too Pat Forty's a Cardinals yeah, he fan, also so. is a Bulldog fan because his daughter swims here yes. oh okay well the last August game that Georgia played can anybody tell me when that took place um can I make a guess yeah was it the North Carolina game no I'm hmm. going to make a guess. Was it the... Let's just put it this way. Georgia, in its history, has played only eight games in August. Was it the UCLA game in 1983? No, no. It's happened a lot sooner since then. Okay. I was going to say the Boise State game, but I remember that game was was later than I was thinking. So Nick Chubb lost a shoe one time when he was running for a touchdown. Okay. In his freshman season. Clemson. Against Clemson. Georgia won 45-21. And the funny thing is, the last August 31st game was the year before. Georgia lost to Clemson 35-38. I think that was your first game. That was my first Georgia. That was right Watching after it. I moved to Athens. Did I, we watch I, it together? I watched it at your at place. At my neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, why I watched that at your old place. That's, that's right. right. That's right. So in case, you, and I know y'all are wondering this now, I tallied up Georgia's uh, August record. Well, they're eight games. Georgia is 6-2 and two in August. Uh-huh. Their first ever August game was against Western Carolina. They won 48 nothing. Then they played Had in 1996. Georgia lost to Southern Miss 11-7. to That was Jim Donnan's first game. That was a bad way to start. 11-7. <laughs> that, <was seven>. <laughs> that, that was not good. Uh, they played an August game in 97. They beat Arkansas State 38-7. 2002, Georgia 31, Clemson 28. That was the Fred Gibson. Uh, I think he took a kickoff back and caught a touchdown in that one. And then, everybody remembers this, one of the hottest games ever next to the Mississippi one and next to the Austin P game was uh, Georgia beating Clemson 30 to nothing in Death Valley. That was uh, 2003. And then uh, 2008, Georgia 45, Georgia Southern 21. And then the 13 and 14 games versus Clemson. So this will be the ninth ever August game that Georgia has ever played. That's, that's a good factoid. I like factoids. I got another factoid. The last time Georgia opened a season versus an SEC opponent. I heard someone put this. Well, I'll go ahead and let you guess first, and then I'll tell you how I heard someone put it, and it really made me feel old. It hasn't happened since I've moved here. No. Um, no, no. Can you give me a, uh, like a date range? Yeah. The 90s. Okay. Well, it wasn't 96. Um, it feels like it would be have to be South Carolina. Um in, I don't remember what year it would have been, like four, 94, 95. 92. My freshman year of college, the first 96. game ever, 94, oh, 94. was okay. uh, South Carolina. It was 24-21. I can't tell you what happened because I watched that game at Sky's Place. Was it here or was it in Columbia? It was in Columbia. Oh, yeah. And so it, it was, was on Columbia. TV at Sky's Place. I think it was literally on like a 13-inch, you know, Old yeah. school 70s UHF. TV. Yeah, UHF yeah. down to 178. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, Georgia won 24. Pour some out for Jefferson Pilot, guys. I heard, yeah, it was probably was a, no, it was a night it game. Was a it was a night Pilot. game because I was at Sky's Place. But I heard someone refer to it that 
this is Georgia's first ever SEC opener in a quarter of a century. And I'm thinking, wow, that was a long uh, time ago. Oh, wait a minute. That was my freshman it's year of college. It's not wrong. <laughs> no, it's oh, not wrong. God. It's not wrong at all. So um, I had been practicing law for a year by then. Yeah, we, 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 we did uh, on the Grierson Leach movie podcast, we did The Lost Boys last week. That movie came out 32 it's years ago. It's interesting. See, that, see, I was a sophomore college. I was 87, right? Yep. So I was sophomore college. I, have, I was listening to that podcast, not to get too much into a movie, movie podcast place. I was listening to your podcast, and when I heard that, I was so excited about Lost Boys. I was like, yeah, Lost Boys. And then you started talking, about. I was like, yeah, I can't argue with any of that. They're absolutely <laughs> right. It, yeah. was a, it, was, it was like eating cotton candy for dinner. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, here is a fun two hours we're going to spend, and you're going to walk out, and you're like... Jason Priestley's a pretty good actor. Yeah, Patrick, <laughs> I mean, Patrick. Patrick. Jason Patrick's, uh, Patrick's pretty good. Yeah. Jason Patrick is Jason a good actor. Patrick. Jason Priestley is not a very good actor. Yeah, and, you know. Um, Diane Wheatley. Yeah, Diane Wheatley. Yeah. Heyman Feldman is good in that movie, but the Heyman Feldman stuff is not so good. It's not great. Also, Kiefer. Kiefer with a blonde mullet. Yeah. How much trouble am I going to get in if I say I've never seen The Lost Boys? It's None. Okay. I mean, it's okay. not like, yeah. I mean, come Yeah, you on. were, right. what, seven? Yeah. So. Have you seen 2001? I'm looking Space forward. To, I'm yeah. looking forward to yeah. Fifth okay, Element. So by the way, okay. I'm looking forward to Fifth Element. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fifth Element. We did that in the podcast. Yeah. As well. oh. uh, all right. So the last little bit of uh, trivia before we get into fun office pools, and then a little bit of buy or sell, and then our predictions. Active win streaks. I mean, it's a new season. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're we're all certain on who not has Georgia. the longest. <laughs> no, it's not Georgia. Georgia is tied with Illinois for the long, for the longest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, who has the longest active win streak in how many games, Tony or Will? Happy Clemson, right? Yeah, I assume it's Clemson. Uh, uh, Fifteen. Oh, it's, oh, 15. That's more than that. It's fifteen because yeah, they 15. lost, lost the, the national championship. Yeah, yeah. And they won fifteen oh, games right, last right, year. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So, what was the last game they lost before that? Was the Syracuse? It was probably Alabama, wasn't it? Uh, no, before, before that. the championship game. Before the championship game. Oh, oh, yeah. Or Pitt. Uh, they lost to Syracuse yeah. last year. Yeah. Or two years ago, yeah. Because yeah, so, that was the year that, that Rick lost to Pitt late in the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they, they could have had that spot. Yep. Right. Yeah. So and these, that, that led to your to your awesome uh, comment, Tony, of uh, it's like watching your ex-girlfriend have a fight with <laughs> a fight with her, her, her boyfriend. I, I wish like, I could take credit for that, but that, that was inspired by um, – by Doug, formerly of Hey Jenny Slater. So. Yeah, that was pretty great. It was just like, oh, that's uh, that's uh, good luck with that, man. I'm glad that's not my problem anymore. <laughs> right. So the second longest win streak in the nation is nine games, and that belongs to. Hmm. So somebody did not power five or not that. power five group of uh, a group of five group of five. That's what I mean. Yeah, nine games, group of five. Um, I'm trying to think of the song, but I can't remember it. My dad was in the Air Force, so I don't I don't know that one. Navy. No, Army. 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 Army, that's what I meant. So Army. the game, yeah, the Oklahoma game mm-hmm. was their loss. Yep, yep. So they've won nine in a row. And they almost won that game. That was on, maybe that was on that weird channel. It was on Twitch. Yeah, it was on Twitch. Some guy was just famous. <laughs> it was like it literally, it wasn't on Twitch. No, it's, yeah, it was, was on pay per view. Twitch, right. did, you, was, did you watch that Twitch? Damn straight. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and then the third longest or tied, the, tied for third is Ohio State and Appalachian State. Florida comes in. Yeah. With a five game win streak. Georgia. <laughs> and then Stanford and Texas A and M with four. Yeah. Well. So that's, that's kind of lean on the win streaks. A lot of teams there's no dynasties except for Clemson right now when it comes to undefeatedness. Undefeatedness. That's so um we're gonna get into the uh, fun office pools pick'em. Uh, I made a tweet last week because I was pulling for Miami. And after the game started, I realized that I didn't move my confidence pick and I needed them to win because I had them in the tenth 
the ten level. I would have yes. put. I would have liked to have had them down. Am I the only one that got that right this week? Around three. Yes, you I are. Pick, I picked them. I have the standings. I picked. Oh, okay. I picked Miami. Zero. I picked Miami to win, but I had them at one. So credit to all of y'all. Um, I think we've had a hundred and ninety six people register. Oh wow, hundred ninety seven. That's how many awesome. we have last year? Uh, about that. About yeah. two hundred. Should, so, we, should we drop the lowest week for anyone that – because I, I always uh, – this is a thing sometimes if you drop – because then Well, you Tony's get, the commissioner. Yeah, so so it's I'll, look, I'll look and see if there's a way to do that. Because I feel like some – maybe you can. Sometimes you can drop the lowest week so people can get in for week two if they miss the first week. Right. So the, um, the person on top of the leaderboard – And by the way, you haven't missed the first week, by the way. This is the first week. Right. And you might have just missed 10 points, but so did I. Tony and I both missed 10 points. Well, I'm curious if you didn't – No, the, I missed one point. I was going to say, if you didn't pick this game and you're just now getting into the pool, I suspect you've only lost one point. True. Right. True. Unless you're me. Yeah. Um, So I just want to see if y'all can take a stab at who's the overall leader after week one. Will Leach. No. You, Jay Carey. That's correct. (laughs) I mean. I didn't look, I swear, but it was just, it had to be. Look what happens when you make your picks by a scooter. UGA (laughs) Carey is tied. I'm just going to run down real quick just to give them a shout out. Also tied for first place. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's one game. Yeah. Okay. But I just wanted to really get it a good a good uh, kickoff to our uh, fun office pools. This is Mark Rick's bookie, Roy M twenty two UGA and bunch of letters scribbled scrabbled. Uh, DH. I can't read that one either. Ray one thirty six Goon Dog three Elko Dog John Paul double o seven uh, Zach Awad I L L dash I N I Brad. You buddies with Brad? Uh, I mean, Illini we Brad. don't all know each other, man. Alatuna Mountain <laughs> Thunder. That's a good name. He tweets at us sometimes. Yagi Slayton, STG MGR for life. Uh, GW Dog, C Saxon 84, and FT and Alex. Uh, for what it's worth, Will is uh, tied for 29th, and Tony and I are tied for one. How many points do I have in the game? I think I put like seven or eight on that one. Oh, yeah. wow. That's really impressive. Uh, you put uh, seven six, or eight. Six, yeah. Which is six nearly points. seven or eight. That's nearly range. seven or eight. So, hey, before we do this, yeah. I do, we do need to have a quick conversation about Indiana's quarterback. His name is Mike Penix. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying that was a hard job to win. Mm-hmm. Um, thank yes. you for thank you. This has been sponsored by my thirteen year old boy. Yes, self. Can I have my Illini minute before we go? By the way, yeah, we should. Illinois is hosting Akron or Akron, depending on if you say it wrong or not. Um, they at eleven a.m. Vanderbilt time. There's not a Bowden their coach anymore, right? Uh, no, okay. no. It's a. Uh, uh, but it's also not uh, no. There was uh, what was the guy that, Frank Solich? He was at Ohio. That, yeah, he wasn't in Akron. So it's not Tater. Uh, but John okay. Gross is the basketball coach at Akron. Okay. So um, of course he's coach Illinois. But uh, they uh, play Akron at 11 a.m. Uh, it's weird when you're a fan of a team like Illinois because a w- game like Akron is actually one of against Akron is one of the biggest games of the year. Because Illinois basically has three non-conference games that are all easy, specifically designed to be easy wins to get you to a bowl game. So if you lose any of those, your season is over already. Like, that's kind of a weird thing about when you like, – there's a, there a great uh, – I think Stu Mandel had this in his uh, – had this in his mailbag last week. The idea of if you're Alabama or Georgia and you were to say which schedule is harder – 12 average teams or six t- 
top five teams and six <clears throat> bottom five teams. I saw that. Yeah. You would if you're at, if you're Alabama, you would want that ladder schedule. Yep. But if you're Illinois, you very much want to play six. You the last thing average in the world teams, yeah. you want yeah. is to play twelve average teams. Yeah. Because all you're trying to do is just get the six, six wins. wins. So a game like this, which Illinois is favored and they should win, uh, they are in fact if you look if they use the ESPN circle if you go to the ESPN uh, game day app uh, give you a little circle of prediction Illinois is actually more favored to win over Akron than Georgia is favored to win over Vanderbilt that feels like a math mistake but nevertheless uh, it's a weird thing mm-hmm. when you're like oh if they lose to Akron the season is over and Lovey Smith is going to be fired it's a really weird thing for one game to mean that much I mean he could be fired by the fifth week yeah if, they, if he loses to Akron and I don't think they're going to lose but you know if he loses to Akron it's just it's an uncomfortable way to watch football to have your and whatever I guess if Georgia that's the same way right if you lose to Vanderbilt they're just not going to lose to Vanderbilt so um, uh, they are their quarterback by the way Georgia, Illinois quarterback is Brandon Peters for those of you that remember Michigan's uh, quarterback yeah. Michigan he he started in their bowl game and lost the year that when Michigan lost to South Carolina in the bowl game Brandon Peters was their quarterback he we did. don't blame him personally is that yeah. when Jadavion Clowney knocked that guy's head off yes that game. yes Brandon Peters was the quarterback in that game and wow, so he is now Illinois quarterback. He is now Illinois quarterback and will be at least until Isaiah Williams uh, takes over. So uh, Illinois is favored. I will be watching that game. Um, and on uh, on my oh, I forgot. Plus. Well, I was going to tell. Never mind. We'll get to that later. I was going to tell you where to go. Man, Hashtag I totally, uniform. Totally talk? missed it. Oh, you know it's what? Okay. It's it was. Okay. It's the Valentine. It's the a four story saloon in the Honky Tonk District. Okay, and they have, they have they have they have TV. It's they the official Georgia party place. Oh, okay. I'm going to say that don't take your kids to a place called. The, the Valentine, Valentine the which Valentine. is a four-story honky-tonk. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's get to the picks. Uh, that's one too many stories for my children. <laughs> so the <laughs> first the first game I have is... I'm not going to go in any order. Okay. This is Georgia last. This is a Sunday game. It's fine. Houston at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's favored by 23 and a hook. I think that might be a little high. if We were we aren't picking point spreads. Yeah, point spreads are purely informational. You are picking confidence points. You're picking the winner straight up. But you got Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley's system. Yeah, you know, two months ago, I would have absolutely, like, said, man, Houston's got a shot in this game, but they have a brand-new coach with Dana Holgerson. They're going to be good by the end of the season, but this has all the makings of Lincoln Riley making a point with somebody and winning big. Yeah, I think I had this as my 10 game. I have it as my nine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Then on um, Saturday at 7 o'clock p.m., I've been working on my military time in the off season. I got this down pat. Uh, this is that weird thing of where Boise's playing Florida State and Jacksonville, in Jacksonville, and then Florida State's returning the trip to Boise next year. Whatever. The Knolls are only a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I still like the Knowles because it's Willie Taggart's job on the line if he loses this game. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, if you don't win this game, you are... After the opener last year? Yeah, your fan base is uh, really going... Blackman's going to be starting. Okay. Your fan fan base is just going away from you. Not Horny Brook. Yeah. I'm taking Florida State, though. I don't think think they're there yet. I'm going to take Florida State. Yeah. I need the points. I can't get all cute and try to pick somebody that should that's not going to win. Although Boise might win. If I pick them. It's week they won't one, win. man. You Can you pick Boise so now? we'll win? 
I'm going to pick Boise. I changed awesome. my pick. This, this is Will and I doing a hand. hand <laughs> All right. It doesn't matter. He's going to forget to move it somewhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, Monday night, Notre Dame travels to Louisville. Louisville was horrible last year. We actually need Notre Dame. We don't need him to win, but just by one point because we want to in- keep that intact. What would happen if Notre Dame slipped up before Georgia? Not that they will, but just hypothetically. I don't that- think game day's here. No, no. Yeah, I think game day goes somewhere else. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I think all. Uh, but what's the? Uh, do you have Notre Dame schedule in front of you? Yeah. Uh, but if they lose, is, to I mean, Louisville, is this they, their, this it, is their toughest this is, game? Yeah, because they got New Mexico at right, home next right, week. Right. So all they got to do is win this game. Yeah, they this lose is this at game, Louisville. Though. Is this it's at Louisville? This is at. Uh, it's a night game. It's a Monday night. It's what we're playing. It's the game we're playing next year. Yeah. The Monday yeah. Labor Day night. Yeah, they lose this. I don't think they're going to lose this game at all. No, they won't. I think they'll cover. But if, if, they, they, lose if they lose this, this game, game, Georgia needs to beat them by twenty five points. A hundred percent agree with that. That's yeah. what I was about to say. We got to beat them badly, yeah. and our margin for error down the road goes way down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, look. Notre Dame being good is carrying an awful lot of water towards Georgia getting to the SEC championship game and losing is still making the playoffs. I have to say, this is actually like something I'm really going to keep an eye on Monday night now, right? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm like yeah. uh, that would take scouting a, the opponent. That would take a oh, scouting the opponent, but also that would take a lot of the piss out of the of oh that, that game, of yeah, that game. Yeah. If they lose that, little, little yeah, there's a lot of people that paid a lot of money for tickets. Going to be mad if they come in here at three and one. Then two and one, the next game is, is uh, the Battle of the Carolinas. The winner of this gets to officially refer to themselves as Carolina. And they won true Carolina. What time is the kickoff in this game? 3.30. Oh, then Mac Brown's probably going to stay for the whole game. <laughs> uh, oh, didn't he leave? Um, yeah, he left, he left Adam Amin in the, in the booth because he had to catch a flight or That's get to right. the buffet or something. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Will Muschamp's South Carolina. I think it's possible this North Carolina thing turns out to be a disaster. Like, it's starting to get that possible a little bit. Huh. Yeah. His um, Carl Torberg and, like, record, Brady Hoke. I mean, this is exactly what we said about Herm Edwards. And actually, there's something kind of interesting but he going didn't, on. He did say. not call in his former offensive and defensive coordinators yeah. from 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like a. Who are now disgraced former coaches. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think South Carolina. I'll put it this way. South Carolina loses this game. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of here for that kind of nonsense, yeah. too, though. One of the first games you get to watch on Saturday is... Illinois-Akron at 11 well, a.m. Or Central. Or another, another boring Ohio team playing uh, Kentucky, which is Toledo at Kentucky. <clears throat> Kentucky's only 11.5-point favorite. Is Toledo good? Yeah, they're the favorite for the MAC. Okay, yeah. yeah. Them in Buffalo last year, so. but we all agree Kentucky's going to win that game. Yeah, Benny Snell or not? Yeah, I mean he's not. Yeah, the not in the not NFL. Correct answer, yeah, right he's in the NFL. Yeah, all right. I mean then, Tim Couch or not? Yeah, no, there's no Tim Couch. Jared By the Lorenzen way, our, our friend Jared oh, Lorenzen passed Lorenzen. away, guys. He did. He did. He was. Uh, he was your Twitter buddy, wasn't he? My Twitter buddy. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. But once again, Twitter will kill you. <laughs> Too soon. Damn. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it proves it. All right, Ole Miss travels to Memphis. This is dangerous. Yeah. Memphis is going to win that game. I picked Memphis already. Memphis is like a favorite, right? Yeah, they're, they are favorite. They're a five-point yeah. favorite. They're probably going to be the group of five schools that makes it to the uh, New York. Yeah, I think that's New what I, I did. I, it. I think I, New pre- six. I think I predicted that Memphis would be the team that makes the New Year's Six. Yeah, you, you've been saying it so much. I'm but saying New York. For, for what's worth, this is if, if there's ever an argument for against the group of five getting in a good spot for the playoff. It's the fact that Memphis is hosting a bottom-tier scandal probation-ridden team in the, of the SEC, and they're only up favored by five. 
Like that's like to me, that's a pretty good shot. If we think Memphis could be the the group of yeah, five, yeah, 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 I don't and disagree with that. I don't. Hey, look out for Army. Look out for Army. Look out for. Like, there's a lot of good ones on there, but like I feel like Boise State's due for one. So, but Army's problems are not in a conference. Yeah. Oh wait, they're Conference USA now, yeah, right? They're kind of yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, is that like uh, it feels weird that we can predict Memphis to be a the the New Year's Day representative when they're only a five-point favorite against the one of the two or three worst teams. Yeah, there's the no there's no juggernaut group of five team, it seems like, this year. Maybe Army will surprise There's no Central Florida this year. Yeah, Central Florida. I think Memphis is going to be that team this year. Yeah, I agree. We'll find out. If they, beat them by, they better beat them by 20 then. I think they could. <laughs> All right, then we got Missouri at Wyoming. Tony, tell us a little bit about Wyoming's... Uh, it snows there in state. May. Um <laughs> So I just I think Missouri wins this game. Obviously, picked it almost solely because I was standing in the stadium two months ago. But it, uh, like I said, it's a cool stadium. They have more seats than Vanderbilt Stadium. Um, What's a state school? It's a state school um, yeah, of a very very small state. Yeah, geographically, state, right? geographically a huge state. Yeah. Um, is it in the middle of Wyoming? Is it on the edge of Wyoming? It's on the it's south, the southwest corner, east southeast corner, corner southeast yeah. corner. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, basically it's, Colorado. I mean, it's not, but. It's less than two hours of Denver. I've never been to Wyoming. Gotta go. I mean, it's an hour to Colorado State, an hour and a half to, to Colorado, and then two hours to Denver. It is worth keeping in mind. Uh, I follow this a lot because I'm a Cardinals fan, so I read a lot of coverage of Mizzou. Um, they are slowly starting to dawn on them that there is no deuce ex machina coming in to save them from probation this year. They've all been kind of under the assumption, because I agree with him, by the way, that this was a very unfair. Oh, it's so. It's, a very unfair. It's bit, the most NCAA thing ever. But, like, I think because it was so unfair, there's been this presumption that, like, well, they're going to have to reverse it. But the season starts Saturday, and they have still not reversed it. Yeah. Which is worth remembering. I've, I've said this a couple of times, but the way that Florida looked I feel like Missouri is the second best team in the SEC East. Even if Missouri beats Georgia, which I don't think is going to happen, but even Missouri beats Georgia, they don't get to go. If this probation doesn't get reversed, they don't even get to go to the SEC championship game. Interesting thought experiment. Let's say Missouri does beat Georgia, but Georgia still goes, and then Georgia wins the SEC. I think they go. I think they go to the playoff. I don't think you can leave out the team that wins the SEC unless unless it's like a Northwestern over Ohio State thing from last year, where it's or a or Pittsburgh over Clemson. Okay, thing. like I don't think I, I unless they've got two losses in the regular. They but they didn't that, even win their division. If they lose to Notre Dame and they lose to Missouri, yeah, well, yeah, sure. But I think they're out then. But otherwise, I, I don't see it. Okay. But yeah, it's it is worth it is worth keeping in mind because that that it should be reversed. It's insane that it's not reversed. But it doesn't look like it's going to be reversed, which means, I, I mean, get your hotel rooms for the SEC championship game right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, um, it looks even worse considering what happened with Mississippi State, which was right. nearly exactly the same thing. And they got probation, but no ban. Yeah. It's nuts. Okay. Two more games left. We got Auburn and Oregon and Dallas. Uh, this is, I mean, the pucker factor for both of these teams. Yeah. Is going to be immense uh, when that kickoff rolls around. It's the same time as Georgia Vanderbilt, so will yeah, keep it you out. won't be able to flip back and forth unless you pull it up on your phone, which you yeah. probably would, or else Win might have your phone entertaining no, they, himself. He is not getting my phone. There's a Cardinal game going. Okay, uh, but <laughs> it's weird because it feels like Georgia. It feels like uh, Oregon is playing for a whole conference. 
but Auburn is playing for Auburn. For and, Gus Malzahn's job? And to me, that is a point of favor for Auburn, not for Oregon. Uh, I don't think Oregon's quite there yet. I like that. Obviously, they've got anybody. He's a really great quarterback. I, I feel like it's a little bit like that Washington game last year. Where it's it was like close for a while, yeah. But ultimately, Auburn, an Auburn team that was not great, mm-hmm. uh, was able to beat a team that ostensibly thought of itself as a potential playoff team. I I will believe a Pac-12 team is going to beat uh, an SEC team, even a middle of the tier SEC team, in one of those preseason games when I see it. It's interesting you brought up Washington because one of the things I am proud that we did not go on length about is I was going to bring it up is I was bring the it up. Jacob East and Justin Fields Jake Fromm I was going to bring it up. Um, having said all of that, I predicated Oregon's run to win the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and make the college football playoff along with Iowa State, right? Uh, no, I I don't think they're going to make the playoff, no, but I do think they're going to win the Big Twelve. I predicated that on them beating Auburn, and I think they will. Yeah. It would be so much fun. Though if you're a Georgia fan, I think you need to root for Auburn. Like, you don't, you want to clear out just win your decks. Just win your games. Yeah, I'm not going to root for Auburn. Just win your games. I think Auburn's going to win. I get your point. Just yeah. win your games. But here's the thing. Bo- also, don't root for Auburn. <laughs> Never. Uh, you, you, remember, you remember Patrick Nix? Oh, yeah. His son yeah. is starting for Auburn as a true freshman. First Woof. ever true freshman Woof. starting quarterback. Woof. So, I mean, he's got the pedigree. I mean, the George Sports Blog had, back in the day, had a uh, tag said, uh, hire Patrick Nick or the terrorist wins. That had to do with offensive coordinators at Auburn. So. Okay, last game. Last game, Georgia, Vanderbilt. Oh, that one. Georgia, uh, according to fun office pools, I don't think this is what Vegas goes it's by, but it's a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. What is, what is Vegas now? I think 20, It opened at 19, and, and I think it got pushed to 21. Yeah, I think it's 23-and-a-half um, now. How much? 23-and-a-half. That's amazing. That it, that I, bet it, I bet it goes up. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Yeah. You know, they, they, the past thing. couple of years, they, they would have covered that spread. So yeah. um, uh, what? Uh, I'll go ahead and make my prediction. Um you know, I like what Will has been saying about uh, he's actually got me excited. I'm gonna. It's almost like I'm gonna be disappointed if they yeah, don't sorry. do the air raid, and I think maybe some of our listeners will too. Uh, I think it's gonna be Georgia Kirby Smart to a T. It's gonna be completely balanced. You're gonna have some oohs and ahs, and then you're gonna be frustrated at times, going like, "What are we doing?" But I think it's all part of the plan. And I think Georgia goes out there, puts them away early. I brought up the fact about three or four podcasts ago that maybe this is the 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 scary game, you know, and then we'll subscribe to that. I think it's over in the second quarter. I think they call off the dog, so to speak. I think you get to see uh, Stetson play a little bit, maybe in the third, fourth Prather quarter. Hudson, Prather Hudson. And there's even that walk-on quarterback from California. Maybe he gets in as well. But uh, I think it's just, uh, let's say blowout city, 41-14, same score as last year. Uh, a couple touchdown passes from Fromm and then an early exit. I'll put it this way. If they do my air raid idea, I think this could be like 51 to like 14. I do not think they're going to do that as much as I want them to do it. As much as I will totally claim that I called it if they do do it, I don't actually think they will. Uh, Which means this is a – Keyshawn Vaughn breaks off a big play in the second quarter when he feels like – 
and maybe Georgia has a fumble or has some sort of miscue when they're about to score and take off on something that makes you feel like it's a little closer. I can see this being like a one-touchdown game at halftime before Georgia kind of puts them away in um, in uh, not pedestrian fashion, but perhaps uh, um, by-the-book fashion. I'm going to go with Georgia 34. For uh, Vanderbilt 17. Air raid, by the way, is 5110. <laughs> well, the cool part about this game being a 730 game and also the first uh, the first like long weekend of the school year is that if you decide to go out and say run by El Barrio and pick up some tacos and run by five points, pick up some bourbon, you still get home in time to watch Kirby come out in the first half and Coley really taking the leash off. I agree with y'all. I think it's going to be interesting until halftime or a little after. But at some point, I think the talent takes over. I do think we will see some throws. I'm not convinced we're going to just sling the ball all over the yard. Having said all of that, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, I think I said the, the line was 23 and a half. I think what I saw. Outside, we weren't covering. So let's make it a, uh, let's make it a 21 point ball game, 31 to 10, Georgia. And one of those freshmen is going to make a name for themselves on punt return. Look for Kyrus Jackson or Dominic Blaylock. Kirby mentioned them by name in the press conference today, and there's been some punts taken back at Vanderbilt before. Could happen. And oddly enough, Keyshawn Vaughn starts a uh, a very good campaign for getting drafted high this game. I don't think he's going to get 200 yards, but he's going to have a highlight run uh, that we're going to be like, oh, my God, just tackle this guy. Yeah. All right, one more thing before we leave. I've got some buy and sell. Okay. So, here we go. Will and Tony, we buy or sell. We should do this before the prediction next time, by the way. Yeah, whatever. Is, that, is it a bad? I feel like we, no, it's not bad. I just think we should do it is before that the prediction. Is that bad? No, let us know. It's not bad. I actually, I'm glad we're doing buy and sell. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I just think we should do it before the Yeah. Unless the buy and sell you know what, though? and hashtags. You know what? With the magic of editing, it can be before. <laughs> oh, no. We live in the future. Pools. Yeah. We do live in the future. <laughs> Mind All blown. right. Buy and sell. Georgia has changed their uniform this year. Did you know that? No. No. Georgia has added a 3D bumper on the oh, back of I the helmet. Oh, I did see that. And it's going to be 3D saying Georgia, not just flat-based Georgia. It's going to be like your your Georgia hat there. Okay. Yeah, I did Buy see or that. sell a 3D bumper on the back of the helmet. Buy. Buy. Probably looks better on TV. Don't care, but buy. No, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm down. I'm down. All right. Uh, get, Michigan, off, get off my lawn. Michigan State has for fluorescent lime no, green sell. uniforms. Oh, sell. And a lime green Spartan on their helmet in huge numbers. Have you seen the mock-up of their... Uh, I mean, I saw them from here. The numbers are the problem. There's a lot of problems. Are they the wearing those in the first game? game? I hope they do. Yeah. Sell. Sell on, on you as well. Sell. So players weekend major league baseball sell 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 sell. Really it is a bummer, man, because I am actually a huge fan of the players weekend. Well, I think jerseys. it's awesome. I, I love the jerseys, like even the ones they've done the last couple of years. The, the the Cardinals had a great one. The the Rays had a great one a couple of years ago. I love the idea of almost doing. Remember the old Seattle Mariners uh, sure. flash forward jerseys? That's what the players weekend jerseys should be. Where it's just like go nuts, go crazy. It looks like spy versus spy. Yeah. Monochro- this monochromatic yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It looked bad. Crap. Looked bad. It's and, just and I bad. think that, for the record, as someone that writes for MLB.com, it is my understanding that everybody knows it was bad. <laughs> everybody knows it was bad. An experiment and will, yeah, failed. And they will not be doing it again. 
So Maryland, the University of Maryland is ditching their flag unis this year, you know, when they would have the Maryland flag on their it's helmet. Worth, you know, my friend Tim Kelly, we've talked my friend mm-hmm. Tim, you guys know Tim, owns the Rook and Pond downtown. I had never, kn- he's from Maryland, I had never known that the Maryland flag, I think I've probably been seeing the Maryland flag my entire <laughs> life and not known I was looking at the Maryland flag until I met someone from Maryland. I was like, holy cow, that Maryland flag is everywhere. So they are really into their flag there, is my point. Having practiced all their seven years, yeah. can confirm. They love their flag. They are low-key more states right than any other state. Is there a state flat uh, this is a good question for the for the gaggle uh is there a state that likes their flag more than maryland Tex- likes texas their flag? yeah yeah texas texas texas, texas. texas. i think that's always yeah. that's always the answer texas is there a state that likes yeah. their yes always texas <laughs> texas and maryland yeah. texas and maryland wins i mean the maryland flag is fine it's, i like it awesome. awesome. like, always got like a yeah like and it's it. a good thing texas isn't playing maryland this year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for texas sake that's for sure yeah. y'all scott made it real funny that's yeah. amazing i like that uh, amazing. Scott's a funny. No, I, I'm just saying. Why are you, why are you giving Scott? I, I'm sorry. That was inappropriate shade. So they are ditching the. Oh, flag. look at this idiot about to say something. <laughs> sorry, I just felt like I needed to even it out. <laughs> <laughs> they are ditching the flag. They're going back to their classic red with the cursive terps on the helmet. Buy or sell that. Buy. I buy it too. Yeah, I, I am a big, big fan. Scott Van Pelt would be happy with that. Yeah, too. I'm big. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the name written out on helmets. So when I when I lived in practice there i i went to exactly one game at uh at bird stadium and they had those helmets so yeah all right vanderbilt's battle ready uniforms that's what they're calling them I, I bet we'll see them on saturday night with the icy silver and rivets and basically i'm asking your opinion on this even though you haven't seen them they're silver instead of gold now i always have a problem what's georgia wearing saturday they're wearing white. probably white right. with the. Uh, 3D bumpers on the back of the helmet. I had heard, I had heard and there were silver 3D bumpers. I had so, heard there were 3D bumpers. You know, I always have a problem with teams, kind of like Michigan State this year, because if you look on their Wikipedia or their .edu, it does not say that their school colors are lime green. Same thing with Mississippi State. A couple years ago, they wore gold, which the uniforms look great for Mississippi State, but gold is not part of their primary color. So Vanderbilt this year is breaking out icy silver and rivets, and it's called Battle Ready, and it's in order to realize the worth of the anchor, we need to feel the stress of the storm. That's their uh, that's their moniker with that. So a buy or sell Vanderbilt's. I was okay with ready. it until I heard that part. Sell <laughs> anchor way down. All right, here's another one. Boston College is bringing back the 1984 Doug Flutie uniform. Holy cow! I just realized he tricked us into talking about uniforms. That's all right. I'm down. <laughs> Damn, you Riley bastard. The Doug Flutie uniforms? Yeah. Bye. Absolutely. I didn't know they changed it. I mean, right. Boston College. Are they, all, are they all like crop top jerseys and <laughs> small and extra small? It feels like uh, uh, this realization that we just had where he talked to us and talked about uniforms feels a little bit like the end of seven of Morgan Freeman, <laughs> like talking into the walkie talkie. John Doe has the advantage now. John Doe has the advantage. Please, bro, get away. Get away. That it's is like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> totally got us. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. This is like my Morgan Freeman, by the way. That was a great Morgan Freeman. <laughs> All right, Don't do drama, so Northwestern has no throwbacks. Kids. They are just putting in the picture of the N like Nebraska. Uh-huh. They're putting an N-U on their helmet in that kind of font. Just N-U. Everything uh, Northwestern does sucks, so sell. Go Cats. Go Cats. All right. Chicago, so, hey, listen. Uh-huh. Chicago's fifth or sixth Big Ten team. I mean, <laughs> Waukegan's. I want to thank you all for uh, team. I, I want to thank you all for indulging me on the. Uh, 
He's going to do this talk. with hashtags next week. No, 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 no. I'll, no. Do the, I'll indulge the uniform. I will not indulge the hashtag. So I've got a couple more, and these are not uniform. I just had to put those first, and I'm glad you realized what I was doing. Um, John Doe has the advantage now. <laughs> buy or sell. Ronald Acuna will be a 40-40 player. I don't know if he's going to make it stolen base-wise, if he's going to call a little bit short. Today. But that dude is... The real deal. You know, I, we said this earlier. We have a little baseball talk. Uh, my Cardinals are winning again tonight. They are about to be three games up in the Cubs. They are now favored to win the NL Central, which means we may be looking at a Cardinals Braves in LDS, which it, does not make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Considering I have, I have uh, well, yeah, because it was might a, do a special podcast for that. It was a correct call. It was obviously an infield fly. Just because it went to the outfield, you think it's not an infield fly, means you don't understand the rule. It doesn't mean it's a wrong call. The umpire anyway. pointed early, and he's saying that it was... Anyway, let's go moving on. Uh, the point is, is that um, I've expressed a little bit of skepticism because of Liberty Media, uh, whether or not the Braves can hold on, sustain all of the young talent they have. Except this last season, they extended both Albies and Acuna for, an extended period, for a long period of time at very under-market rates. All the things I was worried about the Braves, they've already taken care of the stuff I thought they were going to lose. Acuna is, he's not Trout, but he is the next dude. And, uh, I mean, he still has potential to be Trout. I well, like I mean, play, but, but Trout's a lot. Yeah, Trout is a robot. Like, right. Trout, Trout, Trout is, yeah, a, yeah he, Acuna, you're right. I'm sorry. Acuna has more fun. Acuna like. will be more visually exciting without being as good as Trout. But, yeah, Acuna is, I mean, that dude. Like, basically, you have pools. You basically have pools for yeah, the awesome. next seven years. And uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good level to start at. Not bad. So, yeah. so they're you, awesome. buy, you buy his, you don't buy his 40 I don't buy his 40 40, but I buy Acuna in the Hall of Fame. How about that? Is that oh, a good consolation wow. prize? Oh, yeah. I'll take that as a consolation Agreed. prize. It's funny, I had this next. St. Louis will win the NL Central, buy or sell. I'm still not sold, but the Cubs look very wobbly right now, and the Cardinals are red hot. I the, Literally, we taped this at 8 o'clock on Monday, and I was really nervous. I was like, oh, the Cardinal game starts at 7.05. I don't know how they're going to do it. It was 8.0 Cardinals when the, series, when the game started, so I've not even checked my phone at all today because the Cardinals are rolling. Bye, bye, bye. They got, a, they got Goldschmidt and Ozuna hot at the same time, which is what we've been waiting all year to happen. So the last couple of years, the big rave was pylon cam. Now, as we saw in Florida versus Miami, we have first down cam. Do you buy or sell first down cam? Anything that makes the game more interesting and lets us know a little more about it, I'm fine with. Yeah, I have no beef with it. So sell. And, unless I'm angry. Unless they go to that at like a super pivotal moment in the game. Well, yeah. They're using it for highlights. Yeah. That's like the equivalent of one of my least favorite things in college basketball or the NBA oh, is when God, they're like, we're going to show you the camera from behind the point guard to see how the play develops. I'm like, that's fine later. Right. But right now I'm trying to watch the game live. Mm-hmm. So show me what I'm used to watching live. Or even worse, when it's third and six. And the team you're rooting for is down by four, and they need a first down to. And you get and you get the and then you get the cam. overhead cam. Yeah, it's yeah. like, come on, no. why would you yeah. do that? Yeah. Buy or sell week zero. Buy more football. Yeah, they're good games. Yeah. I mean, competitive games. They could be trash games. We had football this past weekend. Right. I was going to have to wait till this weekend. I, you know, I I don't understand. I do think that having and like Florida Miami is not a great game. Like if my if Florida and Miami played in week seven or week three, 
it would be one of the other games that we kept in sure. eye. Sure. But for week zero, it was, well, this is a pretty good game. They got a four rating, too. Yeah, so like, this is a pretty good game for, uh, for us just getting excited about college football. So I was very down. Yeah. Buy or sell Miami's offensive line? Sell. Sell. Sell hard, right? Sell. Well, buy in a couple of years. Sell now. Buy when they recruit some guys with bodies. I mean, their biggest I mean, guy I was 300. Ba- I feel bad saying that, like, I feel like it's, that Miami was, loss to Florida gave me more correct. Give me gave me more encouragement for what Miami's doing than anything Mark Rick did last year. Buy or sell the new turnover chain and the touchdown rings. Did you see those? I don't care about that. I mean, it's interesting for the kids. It's it whatever. It's fine. I think I'm going to get one of those for uh, Walker when he scores a goal in soccer this year. Sure. Yeah. That's the same thing. All right, buy or sell Felipe Franks and his talking to the TV during the live broadcast and then going and throwing an interception. My first thought when I saw him doing that, it, when I saw him talking to the talking camera. Talking to the crowd, too. When he talked to the camera started talking to the crowd, I thought, I hope we sack him 20 times in Jacksonville. <laughs> he is a singularly unlikable guy. He is... He has. I'm gonna. I'm gonna crib. I'm gonna crib. Essentially, what uh, what people say about South Carolina, the attitude of Notre Dame, and the history of Wake Forest. Um, so, Felipe Franks is the um, the history of Stephen Garcia and the attitude of Tim Tebow. I think that's fair. I, I would argue that his attitude is even less likable. Is even less likable than Tim Tebow's is. And the final buy or sell. Buy or sell, Tony. Eddie Murphy hosting Saturday Night Live after 30 years on December 21st. I saw that and I thought, that's a really interesting choice, but why? Well, I I can give you a clue as to why. Okay. So he has a movie coming out this year called Dolomite Is My Name, where he plays the actor that played Dolomite. Okay. And it is clearly an Oscar push. They want him to win an Oscar. It's a Netflix movie, but it's going to be released in theaters. Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy is playing Eddie Murphy and a Netflix movie? Yes. No chance. No, no, no. no. Hang on. (laughs) Netflix movie. Romo was a Netflix movie last year. Sure. People are warming up to this a little bit. More to the point. If Spielberg has anything to say. Eddie Murphy played the game with Dreamgirls a few years ago. Eddie Murphy wants to win an Oscar. Bill Murray has talked about how he played the game for Lost in Translation. These guys, every comedian wants to win an Oscar. You get like that, you get that thing. And Eddie Murphy has made billions of dollars for everyone in Hollywood. This is something he's actively said he would like to do sometime. This is, uh, he's playing the actor, the guy that played Dolomite back in the day. And it is clearly, the trailer came out recently. I recommend everyone watch it. It has a uh, Keegan Michael Key and Wesley Snipes. And, uh, he is, Eddie Murray is about to be promoting everything everywhere this year because he thinks they have a big hit with him playing Rudy Ray Moore, who played uh, Dolomite. They think they have a big hit with this movie. So that's why he's hosting Saturday Night Live. It will be, you know, Eddie Murphy is about to be everywhere. The fact that he's doing Saturday Night Live, I think, is a really good sign that he thinks he can actually maybe win it this year. So. I- I'm down with this. I'm down with the concept. I'm I will confess, with- as a, uh, I, I, I was telling Scott this earlier, I'm a huge, huge fan of Fleabag, the Amazon Prime show. If you haven't watched it, yes. absolutely watch it. Phoebe Waller Bridge is also hosting Saturday Night Live this year. Yeah. Week. But that was my, I, I, Eddie Murphy was cool, but I was like, Phoebe Waller Bridge is hosting. That's amazing. So if you watch, if you like Killing Eve, 
which is another show that's a big deal uh, right now. She wrote that show. She is a genius. Eddie Murphy is also a genius, so I'm excited about both. Did you also see that Netflix is having a Breaking Bad movie called El Camino? I am very. I actually have decided. I was talking to my dad about that last night. We've actually decided to watch the series. Oh, you uh, haven't seen the series? I know we've seen. It. We're just going to oh, watch it. Again. Oh, watch it again. Of yeah. course, I'm going to see the that series. Bathtub scene in like yeah. the first couple episodes. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm going to. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to rewatch the series to lead up to that. Cause I didn't remember, I've watched better call Saul, which is great and great in a very different way. But I want to like now, if, if we're going to get to breaking bad sequel to breaking bad, I want to get back caught up. It comes out next month or no October, the day after my birthday. So I've got, I've got till October 11th to do it. Wow. Yeah. It's not, I mean, yeah, that's, that's just incredible to me that, that's and Vince Gilligan wrote it. I kind of love this and directed it. I love about Vince Gilligan is basically he's decided that like remember he made remember a movie from the nineties called Home Fries. It said Drew Barrymore and Luke yeah. Wilson. He wrote that movie and it was a failure and it didn't work out as well. So he kind of went into TV, but he always saw himself as like this artist that was going to make great movies. And basically, he had a hit with Breaking Bad and said, you know what? I'm going to be able to tell a ton of different stories within this universe of the Breaking Bad world, which is why if you watch Better, you watch Better Call Saul, Scott? I, it, I, I watched all of Breaking Bad, but I didn't get into Better Call Saul is great, but it's great in a very different way than Breaking Bad was while still existing in the same universe. Like part of the fun of Better Call Saul is like, oh, my gosh, there is Tuco. Like, Tuco mm-hmm. shows up. Oh, really? Like, a lot of the characters from Breaking Bad will show up in Better Call Saul. But while it's still being an entirely different show, I kind of love that he said, you know what? I have a lot of different stories I need to tell. I want to tell. I'm going to tell them within this universe of Albuquerque drug trade and gets to tell all these stories. So, uh, I'm, I'm very, obviously, I'm as a big Breaking Bad fan, and maybe it's just a big Better Call Saul fan. I'm pretty excited to see it. Having been to Albuquerque this year, I can see where that would fit. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Though, I mean, at this point, you know, if you're looking for a meth capital, it's, it's not hard to find them. Not hard to Actually, find them Actually, it's not even meth anymore. It's all opium now. So. I almost said, I'm going to cut that. Yeah, you <laughs> definitely should cut that. <laughs> all right. So, our, um, all right. Well, it's Guys, game week. Game week. Game week. I am leaving Friday. I'm taking my kids out of school on Friday. Uh, to, to that's excused in yeah. Athens, Georgia. <laughs> I think that no one, would, no jury would convict me. So I have to say that is this weekend is my uh, my father's get this right seventy seventh birthday, my mother's seventy sixth birthday. Uh, two weeks ago was the nine year anniversary of my father being bitten by a rattlesnake and surviving that, and having the doctor famously telling him. We don't have to treat you, Mr. Waller, because 69-year-old men don't usually live through this. So uh, that's why I'm not going to Vanderbilt. I will be at the lake with my family. We are having a family reunion. We're going down early enough Saturday so we can watch all the footballs, and then we're cooking a ton of meat on the smoker on Sunday and having family down. And, uh, yeah, I just just want to say it's uh, – I I don't often get sentimental on the podcast, but that's kind of cool. That's awesome, and you need to FaceTime in the doctor. (laughs) <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> all right, everyone. Well, uh, have a great game week. We made it. We made it. There's actual football games. An actual football game on Saturday night. Very exciting. Go, dogs. Go, dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with our post-game show of Georgia Vanderbilt on Monday. And for future reference, the way our in-season production usually goes is we record our pre-game shows on Monday or Tuesday evening. It changes 
with personal schedules from week to week, but we'll give you a heads up. If you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WSLS podcast, you can keep up with our calendar. Also, we'll be linking the websites of our advertising partners in our show notes for each episode. That way you can check out the pine, the root El Barrio pub on main, the 11th pin and five points bottles for yourself. There'll be a few times this year, actually in a few weeks where we record a show at one of these establishments and you can stop by, say hello and enjoy some food and beverages for yourself. We'll keep you posted on that. And that'll do it. Good luck to the team in Nashville. Safe travels to all of our road dogs heading up for a long weekend. And we'll see you on campus next week for the home opener. So glad Georgia football is back. I know you are too. And let's say it together. Go dogs. Go dogs.